0: everybody and welcome to the your personal opinion is wrong podcast still nameless we still we, we still don't have a name we should we should maybe work on that but we do have a new contributor along with our old friends Alexander, Nick, and myself, Austin. Hello. Hello, Danny. Introduce Hi. yourself. I'm Danny.
1: This
0: is Danny. Hi. This is a very subdued episode so far. <laughs> You're not really bringing the energy, Austin. Uh, I know. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it'll, it'll get up.
0: Sure it will. I'm just gonna... Just gonna... Alright. I'm getting pumped right now. This is the sound of me getting pumped. Alright. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. Um. Okay. Here's the deal. We've, we've decided because of last week's or even last Sunday's just two hour long horrible fiasco that we would do uh, uh, two episodes a week and then divide it up between the the contributors we have in order to have a, a smaller and more functional podcast fingers crossed we decided we'd probably make it a little shorter make it a little bit more structured with even segments so it's uh, well, there's some sort of semblance of listenability there. And that, that, I guess that hope has already been dashed out the window because what's happening right now is, is happening. And, um, it's all good, man. It's all good. Okay. I, I'm not built for this hosting thing. Okay. You screw this. We're going into, we're going into segments now and this is where we will going to play cool segment music.
2: What
0: are you listening You, you, you all ruined it.
2: Anyway. Okay.
0: What, 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 what? Everybody, what is everybody listening to?
3: I will go first because no one else
0: is volunteering.
3: Yeah, everyone's real Um, I've been listening to Literature. Is the name of the band? They have a self Oh no, they have a self-released album called Arab Spring. I heard about it. It is very good uh, if you're into C86 kind of jangly pop music. I am. Then you will love it. I will. And best of all, you can download it for uh, download it download it for free for free. You say that's right. <laughs> at their Bandcamp, but you can go through your personal opinion is wrong to get there too.
0: So you know. You can always do that. Well, thanks, Bambot. Who else is up? <laughs> Danny, you're new here, which means okay. you go second, I guess. So, um, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I've listened to that new Portico Quartet album. Oh, I saw that. A little bit. That's a pretty good album. Um... I haven't listened to their previous albums in full, but from what I've heard, they seem kind of like Steve Reich esque minimalism told from like a jazz perspective. And this yeah, I heard new it, I, one,
0: I heard it yeah. was new, like new jazzy, sort of down tempo.
1: Yeah, that's the new one is is more like that than the previous ones, I think, because the old the older ones are more minimal minimalistic, but the new one is
0: more electronic, I think. But it's cool. Yeah. I saw that on RYM today. It looked interesting. I thought about, you know, Spotifying it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you should check it out. I think you, I think it'd be right up your alley. I kind of, I kind of, to be honest, thought I was sort of not totally into that style anymore. I guess because, like, you know, I, I used to listen to a lot of like Ninja Tune stuff back in the day, mm-hmm. and I still sort of do, but like not as much of it. You know, like and. You know, I don't know. I just thought that like, the genre wasn't really like, going anywhere, like the whole kind of like jazzy down tempo electronic kind of stuff that Ninja Tune was really popular doing, I mean really popularized, I mean, but like mm-hmm. this is good stuff.
0: That Ninja Tune stuff, you can only, you know, listen to it for a certain amount of time and you gotta take a break after a while. It's yeah. good, but it it it's you know, there's some similarities between people who are on there.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean I still love Amon Tobin and I like Bonobo. And I mean, Daedalus doesn't really sound like those guys, but I like Daedalus a lot. And are others too. I mean, there's plenty. There's a lot of people on that label, but a lot of it just gets kind of like, all right, like I've heard this before, you
0: know. You know that uh, that Daedalus track, uh, "Impending Doom." It's yes. It's so weird. You see, you see interviews with Daedalus, and he, he looks like just this like sideburned, like the nicest yeah. <laughs> dude ever, like the coming Christ. And then this is yeah. a song about he just brutally murders transient people. It's, yeah. That, it's, it's, that's it's, a, it's a great, great song. Yeah. Uh, mm. Have you seen his live setup? Like, his, his uh, sequence I have. everything? It's, it's insane. Mon-
1: Monomi or whatever it's called. That, that yeah, whole yeah. Thing. Yeah, um, actually, I have. It's really interesting.
0: For everyone who doesn't know, it's this, uh, it's essentially just a brown rectangle with upwards, I think, of 300 just square pads on it, like, used for sequencing, sampling and everything. And I think he may be the only one in the universe who has any idea of how it might work. Yeah. I, from what I can watch I, there's no pattern to it like I can't figure out for the life of me how he does it how can you remember what is on each pad when there's 300 of them he, yeah,
2: he has extra
0: he has extra brain in his sideburns <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I watched this one like KXP set he did um where he was sampling like that broken social scene song uh Casey Accidental Oh. Um, yeah, he's sampling that like the guitar riffs down, damn, damn. That sounds right. awesome. Yeah, he's sampling like that. The
0: best thing I've ever heard. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. And then, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like what he does. He's kind of got an inconsistent discography, but like, there's some cool stuff, uh, littered throughout it. Without question, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I actually speaking of Ninja Tune, um, just on Facebook, one of this uh, one of my friends. Well, I sort of just know him, you know, tangentially. But uh, from, like, the Spotify list and everything I see, he just listens to, like, you know, just My Chemical Romance and stuff like that. But then he just listened to three Bonobo albums in a row. You mm. know, I was, I was really, I was weirded out. I was like, hey, you like Bonobo? Or Bonobo? Bonobo. I okay,
2: hear yeah. Like,
0: yeah, I do. And it was it was a very weird situation. But i I'm always impressed when people who I yeah. have no musical respect for. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: oh, who likes uh, MCR nowadays? I mean,
3: seriously.
0: C- yeah. yeah.
3: Um,
1: uh, you know, Bonobo It's weird because he or they or whatever. I think it's uh, a him. Uh, yeah, it's a him, but he plays with a, a band, but whatever. Um, seems really more popular than I would expect him to be.
0: Yeah, he's got some Facebook crossover stuff guy. going. Yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, my cousin actually saw him live, um, and I, they had the full band there, and they may or may not have had, actually, um, what's her name, Andrea Triana, I think is her name, who's done a lot of guest work with, with them, and also with Flying Lotus, um, but she's a good she's a good singer. Um, if you know the song Tea Leaf Dancers by Flying Lotus, she's on that song. Oh yeah, it's,
0: oh, yeah I do remember that song. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but um I'd like to see that guy live. Um I missed the chance to see Daedalus free a few months ago. Oof. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Looking cool.
0: Yeah. Uh all right, Nicholas, you're up. Hello. Um I'm listening to the new Burial EP. Oh
1: uh yeah. yeah.
0: Alexander are you listen because I know Danny and Nick are, but Alex, are you listening to the Burial EP? I have not. I actually haven't listened to. I've listened to Untrue and I liked
3: it, but I haven't uh, checked out the new EP, EP yet. It's pretty. If you like
1: Untrue, you should. You should definitely check out the new one.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Also, listening to Tortoise
0: as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Are we talking post-rock band Tortoise? Because yes. Okay, yes. Right. I've I've never listened to Tortoise, but They're... I have. Great. They are transitioning into here into me. Um. This week, I've just been catching up with a lot of, you know, 20 does music that I haven't quite listened to yet. And um, th- surprisingly, there were actually, in the two months this year has been around, there's been uh, two Black Hayes albums released, and one of them was pretty good.
1: Which one was, was the one that was good? Because I know the one that you're going to say that wasn't that good, right?
0: Which is Alcest, which we share yes. similar opinions on. Yes, we do. Okay. Um, and the it's ironically also two French Black Gaze albums. Uh, which maybe I don't know, maybe maybe like you know Black Gaze is one of France's uh, exports or something. Okay, there's no hope of me finding this. Um, but uh, it was suggested to me, and um, I enjoyed it. It was a little bit harsher than Alcest, which was my main issue with Alcest, because mm-hmm. it sounded like um. Like, they were just sort of, like, jock rock songs, like you might find in some, like, you know, 1986 <laughs> AOR band, and, um, that, that was my main beef with it, the vocals were a little bit, um, pansy, and, yeah. uh, but, you know, once once I actually got shouting and screaming, it was, uh, it was, and, you know, it finally just cranked up the disor- distortion on the guitar a little bit, it was much, much more enjoyable than it would have been, um, otherwise,
1: yeah, and,
0: yeah. That, I I would hesitate to call it actually black gaze because there's like you know very very little black metal sort of elements in there.
1: Absolutely, that's the thing is their first album was even more like you know quote unquote shoegaze or whatever you want to call it, and and that one gets. Well, I mean, if you look on like Rate Your Music, it's like only like a secondary tag, you know, uh, Black Gaze. But I mean, like really, like the black metal influence is just like they'll they throw in like random little spurts of it, like you know, they'll be doing like their shoegaze thing, and then like all of a sudden there's a blast beat, surprise, right. like, yeah, and then then it just goes back to whatever, or they'll all of a sudden throw in you know, uh, black metal like vocals, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my main issues with with Alcest is. I mean, I hate to say this because it it probably just means I'm like, it's probably something that no black metal fan would complain about. But since I'm not like a black metal aficionado, like maybe that's why it bothers me. But the production is just so like empty and just kind of thin. Like I feel like it should be so dense because the guitars are are playing so dense and, and it just sounds like there's a lot really going on. But it's just produced in a way that's just so hollow and like. You know, I don't like the clean guitars, the way they sound. Everything just sounds so, like, flimsy, you know? And that was what really just killed me with that.
0: The, the, the clean music. guitars, they were indeed terrible. Yeah,
1: I, I really didn't like it at all. I hate,
0: I, hate to, I hate to brush your bubble, but if if thin-sounding black metal is a problem for you, you're going to have a very difficult life ahead of you.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I like liturgy. And, you know, I hate to say the most hipster thing on the planet, you know, but whatever. I mean, I like liturgy, and their, sh- their stuff's not, like, extremely you know i mean i don't know wolves in the throne room is is all right i mean it's just it really like it just sucks when something sounds like it should be so dense and and full and thick but it's just not you know Yeah,
0: yeah that's uh and i mean a lot of those early those you know actual scandinavian um black metal bands they were so so just absolutely poorly recorded (laughs) <laughs> and just very, very much thin and flimsy. When you know it's black metal, it deserves to be you know just as thick as it wants to be. And so does shoe, so does uh, shoegaze, which is sort of uh, the main you know conceit of what shoegaze is—that it's thick and it's yeah. loud and it surrounds you.
2: I was gonna um, say shoegaze yes.
0: should be thick and layered. It should not sound thin. Uh, that seems really Absolutely. bad. Uh huh. And yeah. which is, I'm hesitant to call it black metal, and I'm also hesitant to call it shoegaze. Really, it it's like black post rock. It's like mm-hmm. post yeah. post black gaze, which <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, the topic, it's, it's the most anger making genre. I think I've ever said. I'm my blood pressure is going up just thinking about it. Um. Yeah, I'll quickly. Said, <laughs> I guess we can go around again if everybody's listening to other things. But I was very pleasantly surprised by the new Gonja Sufi album. Huh. Um, I know you listened to it, too, Danny. Were you not so impressed?
1: I'm actually in the process of reviewing it right now. Oh, uh, Yeah, that's what I've been working on between classes today, is just reviewing that thing. I'm actually pretty on the fence with it, to be honest. Um, I'm curious to see why you like it. But, I mean, I'll just, yeah, Why, why do you? why are you
0: into it? Um... It, I loved Sufi and the Killer so much and it it is sort of in some ways a rehash of Sufi and the Killer which is yeah. it's similar which I mean you know it's like that's like saying um, well it's the sort of uh, music has the right to children into Giogatti thing where it is in some ways more the same slightly yeah. tweaked but you know similar and I think this is three episodes three uh, mentions of Boards of Canada I think made it every episode <laughs> so far um but uh yeah it was it's similar enough for me to be really into it and different enough for me to you know respect the choices he made uh i I, I, just, I actually i literally just gave it my first listen about an hour and a half ago so really? i'm you know not so uh capable of talking about it right now but no, uh, i understand yeah how how do you feel, or would you like to save it for the for
2: the review? Well,
1: I'll, I'll I'll say what my I'm still like you know uh smoothing out my thoughts on it, but I'd say the thing is with yes they're 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 kind of similar, but I mean I love a Sufi and a killer, but. The thing that really makes a difference between the two for me, like, more than just the length. I mean, some people are like, oh, Muzzles well shows short, well, you know, whatever. Like, I can handle it being short. But my big problem with it is that, you know, each of the tracks are, are really short. And that's just how Gondosupi's music has always been, you know, yeah. even though it's been a killer. But with that debut album, uh, Sufi and the Killer, I really... What I liked about it and what really, like, made those short lengths okay and, like, the kind of just, like, lack of cohesion and direction just kind of okay for me was that the production, like, the lamp Killer, especially since he produced, like, almost all of it, and, you know, the extra beat from Flying Lotus and the extra two beats from Mainframe, it was just so eclectic. Like, it, it was all over the place. There was, like, you know, CZQ, like, sampling, like, punk or something, and then there were all these, like, psychedelic rock samples and, like, Middle Eastern samples and, like flying lotuses, whatever he does, like, I don't know right. how to describe it, really, and then there's, like...
0: His flying lotusing. Stuff. Yeah, his flying <laughs> lotusing. <laughs> he's he's yeah. just lotusing about, yeah.
1: Yeah. But it was just all over the place, you know, and I, I love that about it, because it was, like, it was such an engaging listen, and, and it felt like... It's almost like a like a, a donuts, you know, Jay Dilla donuts kind of thing, where, like, every it's track... It's a cross-section, yeah. You know, and then, wow. um, yeah, but at Muzzle, though, I mean, the production... You know, and he's handling it's. It's like he handled like production like six tracks, and there's like some other San Diego producer did four, and it's just so much like more. It's yes, it's more cohesive, which like I guess is could be a good thing, but in this particular case, I just feel like the all the production is just so like kind of samey and forgettable, and just like it really takes away one of the most interesting things about him in the first place. And like I still love his voice, so for that reason, I still. You know, kind of like it, but like, yeah. just overall, I just feel really underwhelmed by it. You
0: know? I think, uh, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised, but it is in no way better than or even equal to Sufi and the Killer.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, I think what, like, there's like slim to no hip hop influence on the thing, it's almost entirely just sort of a sampled soul type thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, the Mamesha was like, a lot of those. Uh, Sufjan the Killer tracks, if they weren't exactly like uh, not exactly catchy, and a lot of them were, but they were there was a solid groove, there was an interesting melody. A lot of these, um, the production on the the uh, Muzzle, it seems just like background noise for him to sing, more than mm. it is. Yeah, you know. that's
1: that's a pretty good way to put it actually. And I
0: don't know if that's because he's handling the production or not. I mean, it probably is, but uh, yeah, that that was my main my main beef with it. Not as memorable, I guess.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, you know, Sufi <laughs> and the Killer, I mean, take a track like like Sheep or, you know, the sample, I've, I think I've heard the original sample and Gaston Killer really did not do much to it at all. Mm-hmm. But you just chose such a great, like, melody and such a great, like chord progression and it's just so memorable and then Ganjutsuki had such a great melody on top of it and like it wasn't just like I wasn't just appreciating it for like the novelty of like all these different styles like I felt like Ganjutsuki really brought like great melodies and Gaslam Killer just picked like really great samples and it just came together so well and the chemistry between the two was so great but Mm -hmm. on this one I'm just like you know it just feels uninspired and like even the melodies aren't as strong and everything about it just feels just really just forgettable to me you know
0: Right. Uh, speaking of, uh, 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 producers live, have you seen footage or concert of, uh, of Gaslamp Killer?
1: I have a little bit. I'm trying to remember what, I, I think I actually saw something he did. It was like a brain feeder. Um, there were, I don't know, it was like someone's apartment and like Flying Lotus was there and like Ross G was there and, and Gaslamp Killer was there and like, he was just spinning like a bunch of different records. Like I wasn't, Um, he wasn't, like, really performing as much as he was just playing records, but that's about it,
0: I think, in terms of what I've seen. Well, that's, um, I I think with a lot of the sort of, you know, like, grain feeder guys excluded, but, like, the new style of... Even, like, sort of the cloud rap type people, like, clams and everything, uh, they have an ear for melody, but not exactly an ear for memorable samples, Like, they can take cool vocals and bits, but you're not finding, like, a real sort of, like, fascinating deep cut like you would on a Gaslamp Killer track. That's true, yeah.
1: That is true. I mean, and... I mean, Clam's Casino, what I appreciate about him is, like, he just takes, like, samples you would never, never think to to really, like, utilize, you know? Like, he samples, like, Adele, but, like, not for some, like, you know... Not for some, like... Really obvious remix. He samples it in a way that, like, you know, you
2: don't you do, know, you don't it's, know Adele. it's Adele. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and um, he turns that into like a, a pretty memorable song, you know. Whereas like Gaslam Killer doesn't um, manipulate his samples as much. He just chooses the right samples. Like if you if you if did not manipulate that Adele sample very much, it would probably sound like crap, you know. Yeah. But on the other hand, yeah. So. They're both at the opposite ends of that spectrum essentially.
0: Because Gaslam Killer is just like so organic and rooted in like the heritage of music and everything. Whereas, you know, Clams is like he in a sense I guess he's just he's doing his own thing more, but um mm-hmm. I think it's more sort of synthetic, I guess. Not in not in a bad way, of course.
1: Yeah, it's like I appreciate them both. I'm, I'm sure you do too, you know. Like I, I really like where Clams is taking things and I think he, what he did last year and the fact that he was producing so many things last year and, and he released the instrumental mixtape and he released the Rainforest EP, I think he was so just kind of all everywhere last year that he's really going to influence people this year a lot. I think the cloud rap thing going to blow up even more. I think um, his production style is going to show up more in, in just like instrumental hip-hop in general and, and maybe even in this alternative R&B stuff that's coming out and you know, even in, like, just look so far, look at um, Evian Christ, or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, he he's pretty, indebt- pretty indebted to Pham's Casino, I think. And I think he's just, like, the first of it, you know? like I mean, he's not, like, a ripoff, but he. I can see the influence for sure. I think we're going to get more people kind of like that in in this year especially, you know? That's just my speculation. I could be wrong. But, oh,
0: yeah, me too. I, I, I'm all for that because I, I love that style. That's sort of, like... You know, reverbed out eight oh eight type thing. Yeah. But uh, I really hope it doesn't become too much of a trend.
2: Yeah. To the point yeah. where
0: it's it's like meme worthy because.
2: Yeah.
0: It's already like you know, haha, cloud rap. But like, it, yeah. it has the potential to become really grating if I think if it becomes too. Uh, uh, All encompassing, you know.
1: No, uh, I think that's I think that's true. We'll see what happens. You know.
0: And this has been. uh, Danny and Austin talk about to Sufi for, for like 45 minutes so, sorry I don't have much to
3: contribute
4: about to Sufi
1: right? yeah I'm sorry I didn't want to leave you guys out too much you should
4: listen uh, to Gonja yeah it's, it's a good I've, album I've, I've listened to the first one I've listened to both
2: yeah.
4: mm-hmm. I it was, it, was all, it didn't really stick out to me well it stuck out but I didn't really yeah, yeah. right
1: <laughs> it, it that's pretty much out. how I feel about it at this point
0: um, Alexander, have you ever listened to, uh, Sufi and the Killer? I heard, um, a couple
3: tracks. I heard, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, or Indians. I was like, Indians, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not the movie. It's a, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> Sufi song. Yeah. And, uh, I liked it a lot. I, I never, uh, I haven't checked out the album, though, so. I will, after hearing you guys talk about it.
0: It's
2: yeah.
3: Uh,
0: but definitely listen to Sufi and the Killer first, if you're going yeah. to, to any. definitely. Um,
1: some people are liking Muzzle, though. I mean, who knows? I could just be the outlier. I mean, like... I mean, I don't know. Uh, i trying to think. your music has, like... Definitely, like, a lower average than it had for Sufi and the Killer. Um, but some people are still liking it. Some people... I mean, I think the people who really like it are people who are so into Gondosivi's voice that they won't care as much about the production being so different. Because that's what I all the positive reviews I see about it are like they might they usually say something about the production maybe not being as like you know out there interesting but they always say oh but Gunchy, his voice is still so powerful and so unique and that's true his voice is very very unique I mean there's really anything just like his voice so you know there's always that to appreciate I feel like I feel like he can bounce back too I haven't given up hope on him I'm still a fan of him casually at least but. You know.
0: Awesome, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, we're uh, we're still in the first segment here. Uh, anybody? We should probably wrap it up. Anybody else want to uh, mention anything they've been listening to?
4: Um, Lappalox EP, the when you're gone EP. Um, I oh, yeah. reviewed it recently. It's like it's a bit dubstep, the uh, future garage
0: kind of stuff. Um. Mm. Just, what is Future Garage? Yeah, okay, about? I was going to say, because Nick, you seem I, like... A, what the hell is Future Garage? <laughs> I, I, it's, it's... Is it the cloud-wrapped garage? Used.
4: <laughs> it's the term I heard Anthony use, and I decided to use it as well.
1: Right. It's I'm, basically, <laughs> if you don't... Basically, Future Garage is, like, post-UK Garage, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, well... UK uh, Garage,
2: yeah.
1: I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you look, the earliest Future Garage releases were are supposedly, like, burial stuff. So burial basically, like, kind of popularized Future Garage. It's basically just, like, people who are making UK Garage who just kind of said, you know, I don't like all these trends that are showing up in, like, dubstep, so I'm going to start making this more atmospheric, um, more, I guess, more experimental um, stuff called is, Future
3: Garage. Is Mount Kimby a Future Garage? You could, say, guess, you could say maybe, that, yeah.
2: Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I really like yeah. that album.
1: There's other influence for sure, but I, I see there's definitely some... I mean, I think I think pretty much everything that gets tagged like, quote-unquote, post-dubstep is pretty much at least somewhat rooted in Future Garage.
0: I think even more than metal, like, electronic music as, like, a giant, vast hole, like, the, there's so many just, like, just post and proto... And every sort of genre Probably. mashup you can imagine.
1: Micro genres. Definitely. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them. And yeah. like,
0: so much of it, like, this is, some, cause to me, like, the the history of, you know, like, electronic dance music is is fascinating, like, from the really early Raymond Scott types to, uh, like, you know, the really early house stuff, and then, you know, how, uh, like, acid house and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that, that really interests me, and, you know, it's evolution, because it's, Way more distinct than it is in like other genres, because mm. you know it's all uh, much more than other genres. Just situated around one specific city, like there's Chicago house and there's Detroit house. Yeah, Detroit it's guy, very yeah. definite. Like everyone knew each other because I guess it was like so much smaller than than punk when it started, and
2: mm. uh
0: huh, right. Um,
3: speaking of house music, uh, have you guys heard of um? The ten
0: ragas to a disco beat. Oh, Jesus Christ, yes. That is one of my favorite like Isn't things. it amazing? That's, it's the best thing. It have came out in eighty two, too, which is crazy. Have you heard it, Danny? I have not. I'm actually gonna look it up
2: right now.
0: It's, it's called Ten Ragas to a Disco Beat, and it entirely used the nine oh nine or eight oh eight and three oh three synthesizer baseline thing. Okay and it's um it was 1982 before, you know, like six or seven years before, I guess five years before Acid House was a thing. And it was this yeah. dude in India who just distorted the hell out of a 303 and then made these legitimate, like, totally Acid House tracks out of, like, classic ragas. And He was it, a Bollywood music composer. Yeah, and he did this all with ragas. Of the most amazing things <laughs> I've ever heard.
1: That's very cool. I'm I'm looking at it right now, actually on Radio Music.
0: It looks really cool. I will be checking this out. It's it's it, like it's like you would think a lot of like these sort of weird sort of like fluke electronica albums are like they're fun because they're historical and interesting, you know,
2: yeah. and
0: uh, the, but in terms of listening, you know, it's more uh, historical than enjoyable. But this is actually like it's a really engaging, fun thing. to I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, yeah, it's definitely pretty radical time to be releasing anything like that. I mean, nineteen eighty two. was that was before really anyone experimented that much with this kind of music.
0: Yeah, it, it, this as far you, as I know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I and that's the thing. Like with with like you know counting, uh, you know, try. To, trying to track down the trajectory of, you know, a genre and everything, there's always going to be flukes and there's always going to be someone who was earlier and, you know, more yeah. progressive. But, uh, just, I mean, even just like the concept of distorting a 303 didn't really, you know, come to the forefront until like 1987 and then it mm-hmm. became such an iconic sound. And it's weird. It's just like a very strange fluke that he would happen to do that to, you know, simulate a sitar or whatever. In India yeah. of all places. Yeah, in mm-hmm. India, when, uh, like, you know, for how little, like, of a house scene there was in America at the time, there was, like, absolutely nothing in India.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And this has been Austin and Alex talk about, uh, Ken <laughs> do <laughs> a, India. yeah.
3: Well, we're at half an hour. You want to get into the main topic?
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess we, we decided to open up with whatever we've been listening to, you know, general music discussion. And then we would have a special mm-hmm. weekly topic that we would discuss for, you know, just, you know, more time. And uh, the topic this week is is courtesy of Alex. Alex, would you like to explain what it is?
3: We are going to count down, well, not necessarily, not necessarily count down, but we're going to list and discuss three of our favorite albums from the year we were born. And I thought this would be interesting, a because we're all we're all, so, all sort of the same age, but it'll be interesting to see what albums came out in what years. And it's wide enough topic; it's a wide enough uh, topic so that we can really mess around and have fun with it.
0: Cool. Yep. Um, and I'm sure <laughs> when everybody was doing this, um, rate right your music was probably an indispensable tool. Because, Definitely. you know, they, they give you a year, and then they give you the top thousand albums from that year. Which is sort of exactly what, you, what this list is kind of supposed to be. But, uh, you know, not entirely. But, um, yeah, I, I figured... I just looked at, the, looked at the albums
4: that I had. I just looked at the albums that I had the years. Oh, right. Because I always keep tags on all my music.
0: I what's mine... that? Oh. Yeah.
3: Um, I don't like it that iTunes doesn't let you put the label that the music came from.
2: Uh, oh uh, yeah.
3: yeah, that bugs,
4: it sucks. It drives I me crazy. I don't use
0: iTunes, so I still use Winamp. Ew. I still use I love the Switch. But, I still use know. Real Player, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> was that was a Real we Player oh all you out there. Um, okay, Alex. I figure since it was your idea, you can start. We, I guess we can go. We can say one and then just rotate around. All right. Uh, my first
3: one is Love Terra by Eric's Trip. They are a Canadian indie rock band named after the Sonic Youth song. I was
0: about to say, yeah.
3: And uh, I know you're a big fan of this record, right, Austin? Uh,
0: no, I'm just a big fan of the Sonic Youth song. I've never heard of the record. Oh.
2: Uh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: I've heard of Eric's Trip, but um, never of the... S- the Someone on the forum really loved it too. I thought it was I think album.
1: it's uh
3: Mark. It's Canadian, oh. so yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> of course Mark loves it. It's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> well, um oh, dear. it's basically incredibly lo-fi folk music for half the album and rock music for the other half. The songs oh, are all oh, oh. But not like Sebadel. Um <laughs> <laughs> Right I right, continue Ignore me um, uh, What's uh, What I was going to say Oh yeah Well all the songs Are really short Which um, ma- The album is really short All together But the songs Are incredibly memorable Like A lot of them All the rock songs They have great melodies Even though they're all Very lo-fi
2: Mm-hmm
3: And all the uh, folkier songs, they're really emotionally impactful, uh, so they stick with you that way. And uh, Sub Pop, if you are listening to this podcast, which I know you are, reissue it on vinyl.
0: God damn it, Sub Pop.
3: That is the order.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) All right, right, Danny. uh, You're going second again, because you're new, so. All right.
2: Well,
1: here's the thing. There's a criminally large amount of albums... From the year I was born, which is 1993, mm-hmm. that I haven't listened to oh, same in here. full. So
0: Wait, 1983 or 1993? 1993. Okay.
2: 82.
1: 93. Yes. I was born just a few days before 94. So oh, I almost feel like I should just choose 94, but I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go with 93.
4: But Wait, am I the oldest who? <laughs>
1: <I'm> <laughs> um, sure you got, Yeah, you, you are. Be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of
3: albums in '93, aren't there? Yeah, there's, there's, I
1: mean, there's really good ones too, and I just there's a lot of them are just ones that I either haven't heard in so long or I haven't heard all the way through. That I just don't think I should talk about them. Um, I mean, I know which one I could talk about. Do it. Is um, that Souls of Mischief album, ooh, '93's ooh. Infinity? That I know we've all listened to. Oh, that's
2: to,
0: sweet. Because that is actually uh, the most perfect album you could have possibly picked for that year so good job yeah. I haven't <laughs> heard of them Wait, it was uh, out
1: you weren't on the forum yet when we had that as an album of the week I guess thank
3: you, to but, you
4: was wasn't
0: he yeah yeah I, right. I that oh. got well, into the blue yeah. uh, I feel absolutely confident saying that, that that album especially the title track is proto cloud rap and I know <laughs> I've mentioned this. we've been talking a lot about cloud rap, but it totally yes. is.
1: Okay. I, I, I can kinda see where you're coming from. It yeah, seems I
0: mean, it's like a it,
1: more reader than just the kind of jazz rap that was popular then.
0: Uh, but I mean it, it does have sort of a more sort of ambient quality to it. Like this I guess that's examples, sort of- seem a lot more sort of modulated than, you know, like Gangstar or whatever.
1: Yeah, and and I, I guess I can think about how, like, on... I think it's the title track. Where they have I'm really that, just
0: talking about the title track, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, no, they have that, um, that horn, I think, that's got delay on it, and that kind of mm-hmm. makes it a little atmospheric. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see it. But, you know, I, I used to be a really big Del the Funky Homo Sapien fan. Um, and I, I say it. used to because oh. he's just been so inconsistent for the past few years in terms of everything is released and none of his solo albums, in my opinion, are like really mind blowing, but mm-hmm. the collaboration you did with Dan, the automator and Kid Koala, um, Del Deltron, Brady, yeah. yeah, that album or their, their self-titled and so far only album, uh, was pretty amazing in my opinion. Can but, I make
3: a anyway, really, Oh,
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: Can I make a really embarrassing, uh, confession? I, I would, I would not have it any other way. I didn't know Deltron or Del the Funky uh, Sapien was an actual person. I thought he was just the cartoon from the Gorillas. <laughs> I honestly thought that <laughs> you are everything. You are everything that is wrong with the world. <laughs> I, I, I am a terrible person. I thought he was just the cartoon from the Clint Eastwood video. You know,
1: it's okay. It's okay. We all we all have those moments. Yeah, I'm, I'm just for sure. sure, honestly. But um. Yeah. He he does show up on the Souls of Mischief album. Cuz for those people who don't know, the Souls of Mischief or Souls of Mischief are a Hieroglyphics affiliated project and Hieroglyphics was the group that Dell was in along with a bunch of other people. Look up right now. Actually, I actually think um Casual, Pep Love, uh be, There's a bunch of people. I mean, just a lot, but that album you know, there's not that much to set it apart like on the surface at least from a lot of the other, uh, from a lot of the other, um, like boom, bap jazz rap, you know, conscious. Gold, Age.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tri- tribe Age. era. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you know, tribe, tribe is always like at the forefront of it. people. When people talk about that kind of music that, you know, usually, and not always, but tribe tribes probably like the one that's for, like
0: most of the gold, they're the gold standard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, Souls of Mischief was solid. Um, great production, you know. Uh, just really nothing to complain about. I mean, solid MCs. Um, solid interplay between the MCs. Um, my only real complaint uh, was that when I saw that Dell was going to be featured on the track, I was I was pretty excited, and then he was really like, <laughs> you know, so uh, I was just kind of
0: wanting more there. But yeah, it's did, a good album. Did uh, did Buster Rhymes have a cameo on that? Or am I remembering that? Right?
1: I I don't think so. I, I mean, he was obviously on uh, Low End Theory, the Tribal Quest album. Well, of course, Sinatia,
0: but yeah, but
1: not so, this album. This theory. album, I think the only guests that were featured on Ninety Three Till Infinity are just other Hieroglyphics members. Uh
0: um, what's so cool about that album, and again, especially in the title track, is that like they're they're group songs, but it's not like this dude does a verse, then this dude does a verse. Like they're actually like switching off. Line by line, Which yeah. is it's it's hard yeah. to coordinate.
1: Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah. there's that.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting this out this this oh. bit right here, but uh, Nick, you're up. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, being the only
4: person here voting 1992. Um. <gasps> you geez, have B
0: thousand
4: No, that's ninety. That was ninety. Was that ninety? Um. My computer tells me it's 94.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, That's right.
4: But um, continuing to hip-hop, Beastie Boys, Check Your Head. I actually really like that. It's it's my favorite Beastie Boys album. Check your head. Um, I, I like how there's funky pieces in it, and there's real live instrumentation. Just... It was their first
3: album to feature them live playing, right?
4: Yeah. yeah it was like their, their first album, like their first two were samples based with um Rick Rubin and um, Dust Brothers. Dust Brothers, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which also done, um, I would one of my favorite albums as well.
0: Totally. Um, another
4: one of my favorites. Um, to,
0: to show how much of a, a Beastie Boys hipster I am, I actually have not listened to anything but Paul's Boutique. Which is <laughs> the one the Dust Brothers produced. And I'll tell you why. Because I had uh, a friend, and I'm going to shout him out now. His name is Chris. In the sixth <laughs> or seventh grade, he gave me the Dust Brothers produced. He, well, he gave me uh, a couple of new Jabez tracks, and he gave me uh, the Dust Brothers produced soundtrack to Fight Club. Has anybody heard it? Yeah, I, I have not,
2: actually. It's, it's a great it's,
0: soundtrack. It's really fantastic. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's sample based, sort of uh, like trip hop, breakbeat type stuff. Huh. And um, it's it's really sort of like an incredible thing, and I you could listen to it, you know, just over and over again. The songs are so yeah. memorable and everything. I'll be checking David Fincher.
3: Out David Fincher has impeccable taste in uh, music collaborators, like Trent Reznor. Yeah, he did with Trent Reznor, The Brothers. Uh
2: huh.
0: Yeah, but not Stephen Alchemist. He <laughs> does. You're still next, you're missing out there.
3: Next movie score by Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks.
0: Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> uh, you and your chicks. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go now because I'm angry about the Jicks.
3: Stare at Stephen Malkmus.
0: You yeah, smug bastard.
3: Okay, hey, b- before you before you go, uh
1: huh. You say you've only heard Paul's boutique, but uh, you know you've gotta have heard License to Ill." Like, just like subconsciously right i mean that album is just everywhere like
2: i
0: mean you know like as, as much as like i've heard pop music from the 90s yeah i have heard that album yeah
1: i mean because even the first time i, I really like kind of listened to that i was like in, in the car or something with some like friends or something and i was like oh wait a minute like <laughs> i've heard literally every one of these tracks yeah like you know <laughs> on the radio like back in when i was in like elementary school or whatever you know
0: um which so kind of- is listen- <laughs> uh, what's interesting about the uh, the the Beastie Boys is that before they were a hip-hop group, they were actually a pretty intense punk. hardcore group.
2: Punk, That's right. right. Punk. Yeah, and
0: they were actually – they were called the Beastie Boys. They were actually like – in terms of 80s hardcore bands, so they are actually really good. And there's these series of compilations called Killed by Death, which I'm going to go out and say it are my, uh, my favorite punk compilations of all time. And uh, I know that means everything to everyone. But, um, <laughs> uh, th- it's all, it's like, um, there's no, like, bands that people know about. It's all, like, suburban, you know, Midwest bands or just, you know, just, like, kids from the city, literally. And there's these ultra, like, ultra-rare 45s that people found. And they actually had a couple of the the Beastie Boys tracks on there, which I never heard anywhere else. And I was like... Beastie Boys, that's weird. They picked that name before the Beastie Boys, and then I was like, "Whoa, these are the same people."
3: <laughs> Those are their only uh, punk releases, right? They never released anything that was just punk,
0: right? They might have had a compilation. I think um, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. But um, yeah, I think they did just release like a compilation LP of tracks. Maybe I'm not entirely sure.
1: I'm seeing an EP here they released called Hollywog
0: Stew. Pollywag Stew. Yeah, that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah.
0: That might be the only thing, though. I, I, I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know too much about that phase of the trajectory either. Well, so
0: technically I've listened to Paul's Boutique and Pollywag Stew. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, okay, uh, I guess I'll go now. Um, uh, I thought this was actually a lot later, uh, but I guess I just maybe read it wrong somewhere. Um, Apex, well, I'm born in 1995. Apex Twins, I care because you do. Um, oh, that's great. Also, yes, underrated. also mention on every episode, Apex Twin, we seem to keep coming back to this dude. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, if anybody deserves it, it's, it's Richard, but, um.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, my and second t- pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it I'm was, gonna- it was right after, uh, Ambient Orcs 2. And I think before that, he had done some stuff under another name. Uh, not Apex Twin or Richard James. Polygon Window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, I'm, I wasn't entirely taken with that stuff. But, um, you I know, mean. it's it was it was enjoyable. It's it's RDJ. You can't go wrong with RDJ. Yeah. But um, it was uh, a lot more hard-edged. It was this first sort of, in terms of studio albums, the hard-edged uh, Apex Twin that, you know, wasn't on uh, ambient works one or two. And, uh, it's got more sort of the acid house dance type, um, type feel to it because, you know, I guess by back then he still was doing, you know, DJ sets and, uh, you know, it's abrasive and enjoyable. Apex twin. It's
3: really good. Uh,
0: Yeah. 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 Not much to say about it, but, uh, yeah, and it should be the first album of his to feature his creepy-ass mug on the cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good old hyphics. Gotta love Richard.
4: <laughs> um,
1: I, my favorite is definitely the, the window-looking one, though. You know? Him, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Rank, uh, rank the uh, Richard G. James albums with his face on it in order of creepiness.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh oh god, let me look through his catalog. I got to say RDJ is probably the number one. Uh. Does mm. any does any Got You got to recognize window looker though. I mean this. Well, no, I mean obviously that's the creepiest thing I think ever. I would say ever. Uh, I, I I'd say here <laughs> and then um uh uh then uh, I care because you do and then RDJ.
2: I'm staring at that, that
0: picture right now, it's just freaking me out and I have to navigate <laughs> away from this page.
4: You have the um, Come To Daddy AP as well, which has uh-huh. the
0: crowd of people. Oh that's the- right. Oh, that's right. Oh right? yeah. uh yeah, I, am I wrong in thinking this, but I actually do not like that song, Come to Daddy. Like I think in terms of Apex Twin songs it's not we, up there.
4: We, we discussed this on the first one, yeah. Oh, I, I okay. don't I don't think it's I don't think it's that great.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Like especially compared to the other stuff in yeah. the EP, like Flim and um, is us.
2: Oh gosh, yeah. yeah.
4: That that's a great. I love that. It's like jazz drumming or whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. then you
4: got um, Ecephalus Dancing Ball, which is just insane. Yeah. it's like uh, it's
0: like death metal and bass. You know, it's.
2: Mm,
0: I think it was sort of Apex Twin appealing to you know the fact that he was this sort of this creepy sort of demented music type guy more than actually just making Apex Twin music. Yeah. Did those videos yeah. I, I I wasn't around. Did those videos ever get airplay like on MTV? well you people would not know. You're you're not that, that <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't remember. Uh, uh
4: they uh, not on not an MTV but on Australian that's pretty much the Australian equivalent of MTV. Um was that ATV? Pretty, no. No. <laughs>
0: that was dumb. That was a joke. <laughs>
4: that was that's just Australian TV boss.
0: Yeah. Television. You know, Australian TV, like in Australia.
4: As opposed to music TV, as opposed to... Like in <laughs> music.
0: Like in music. Like, oh, God, this is... <laughs> I'm editing a, this. This None of this is usable. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: okay. Um, uh, uh, enforcing my powers of hosting. Alex, you are on the spot.
3: Okay, Now I'm getting into the very obvious albums that I have to include just because they're so good. Cool. Siamese Dream, Smashing
0: Pumpkins. (laughs) My favorite Smashing Pumpkins album.
3: It's really good. I like Melancholy, but it's a little inconsistent because it's a double album.
0: It's totally inconsistent. That thing has way too much filler on it. Yeah,
3: yeah. But interesting fact, did you guys know that the girl on the cover is actually their bass player now?
0: Uh her now it's not wow. it's not arcy
3: uh, no she's been gone forever
0: okay yeah which she, she was horrible i don't like her <laughs> 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 i've only she ever seen to... her just staring just goofily in music videos and that was enough to just invoke my rage I don't the know. last
3: we heard of her um, is that she got arrested for, like, releasing horses in some, like, small town, and she just let them loose, What's... and, like, they went crazy and destroyed What everybody. the hell?
2: Heard,
3: just something like that.
2: I'm sorry,
0: Darcy, you are now... or er, Darcy, I, I have... You've just garnered <laughs> all of the respect I can possibly give to a person, because that's kind of the best thing I've ever heard.
4: Darcy. <laughs> <the laughs> um, yeah,
3: so... Um, some other stuff about the album. It was produced by Butch Vig, who did Nevermind and some other stuff. And um, last week we talked about how... Oh, I'm sorry. Guys... It, uh,
0: didn't Butch Vig do Bleach? Uh, I, th- Vig, I thought he did Nevermind. Wasn't Geffen Nevermind? Um, I mean, I don't know if he's he's actually a producer. I could be wrong. I haven't I been up on my Nirvana trivia since about the seventh grade. But, um, it was
3: produced by Butch Vig. Nevermind. Okay. Yeah. And you guys said that last week it was overproduced. So I was wondering if you guys thought Siamese Dream was overproduced.
0: I think because Nirvana in, you know, what Nirvana was when Nirvana, like before they were, air quotes, Nirvana, Nirvana, uh, was like this super noisy sludge punk band. But that's not what Smash and Pumpkins are. Smash Pumpkins are this sort of heavily, you know, slickly distorted, like sort of pseudo-shoegaze-type band, which I think that section you know, fits with what um, Smashing Pumpkins was sort of intended to be, or at least all that I've heard of them. You know, Nirvana, like, they didn't sound like Come As You Are on Bleach and, you know, previous demos and whatnot, but uh, I think the sort of intended sound by the mind of the band for Smashing Pumpkins was, you know, what got on record.
3: Yeah, that's basically what I think. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And there's a lot of great songs. uh, Cherub Rock, Disarm, uh, Today, Rocket. Um, Isn't
0: um, uh, Hummer on there, too?
3: Yeah, Hummer's on there, too. I love that song. Billy Corgan did almost all of the instruments, except for the drums and the cello on Disarm.
0: Because he's a D-bag.
3: Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for D-bags. He's... I love him, but he's
0: really
3: horrible. He's really- I hate him for hating Stephen Malkmus. <laughs>
0: you, you can't be on this podcast anymore. We can't be friends. <laughs> I'm <laughs> joking. I know, I know. Um, Danny, go.
1: Okay. Are you done, <laughs> Alex? Andrew?
3: Oh, yeah, that's all I had to say.
1: Okay, cool. Um, well, I guess I could talk about the Seafield album he, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right it's spelled Q-U-I-Q-U-E um, I mean these aren't you know my favorite necessarily albums of 1983 because um, like I said I'm, I'm missing some central ones but these are some that are a little less talked about that are really good I think um, I mean it's an interesting album because it First of all, has anyone heard
0: it here? For me, uh, right, say the um, name again. I didn't quite catch it.
1: It's Keek, uh, spelled Q U I Q U E, by the band Seafiel, uh, Feel, S E E
0: F E E L. I've never ever heard of them. I yeah,
4: I've I, I've heard of.
0: I know you uh, have,
4: Nick. I haven't heard
0: of them. Or I mean, I know
1: you've heard of at least, Nick. You told me you were into their uh, like album that came out last year. Yeah, their
4: yeah self-titled. The, the self-titled. The self-titled. Yeah. Know. Have you heard
1: it? I haven't heard that one yet. No,
4: I think it's good, but it's good. but everyone um, doesn't like it. I think I'm a, i am I think everyone else is biased, and probably. Yeah,
1: compared. I don't. I was kind of reading a little bit about what people thought about it, and I, I couldn't pick out exactly why they weren't liking it. But I want to check it out. Um, I'll take your word for it that it's interesting. I mean, the genre tags look interesting, um, and I I like Heek, so you know. But yeah, I mean, geek is like kind of this cross between, you know, sort of dream pop and like sort of like early ambient techno and like there's even like some like dub influence I feel like, but it's like still really atmospheric and and um, you know I don't know it's kind of I don't I wouldn't say it's all over the place but it's like it it does bring together a lot of different styles but it, but it sounds you know pretty cohesive it's definitely very ambient but it, but it's like it's, it's, it functions in a way like a Dream Pop album would, but it's not just that. There's also instrumental sections as well that function more like just kind of the really atmospheric, um, you know, ambient techno uh, that was coming out in the 90s. It's a pretty interesting blend of, of styles, I'd say. Um, it looks just like the album cover, I'd say. It's like a blue album cover with like this blue shape in the middle. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Yep. <laughs>
3: yep. I will check it out.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not like mind-blowing, but you know, it's cool.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, cool. Nick? Uh, hello. Um Hi.
4: As I was foreshadowing, um bringing back the AFX twin, um selected ambient works um 85 to
0: 92. Now, it's literally um, in the title. Of of yeah. the album, *Your Birth Year*. I don't know how I didn't make that connection before.
4: Yeah, I, I assumed if if I didn't say anything about it, um, somebody somebody on the boards would have killed me.
0: Yeah, um,
4: probably Danny. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just great ambient. I guess you could say ambient techno.
2: Yeah. I've
4: heard that it actually wasn't recorded from eighty five to ninety two. Is that true? Really. I have no
2: idea.
0: I didn't
4: actually know that. Apparently there's pieces that have meant to be recorded when he was like 13 or something like that.
0: I don't Why, what's with all these ambient techno people with with ambiguous, you know, discographies and timelines? <laughs> Lords of Canada, Apex Twin, others. I can't... Yeah. Um. Uh. So, what, where did you hear about that, Alex? Because... You know, it's been uh you know, just sort of a fact of the universe to me that, you know, that stuff was recorded literally from nineteen eighty five. I mean, I, like the fact that one of those pieces, like any any of them really, was recorded in nineteen eighty five for that album title to be true, is just like ridiculous and amazing and just like life affirming to me. That's what that's what makes the universe beautiful. <sighs>
3: Yeah, I don't know quite where I remember reading it, but and it might not even be true. But I heard that it wasn't recorded from 85 to 92. Like, it might have been a couple years after, or like some tracks might have been before.
0: Well, I mean, it was released in 92, so we know that yeah. it's right. But, um, that seems like a weird thing to lie about, though. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see the gain in that.
1: Yeah, it could also be just, you know like a twisting of a story like told over a series of people you know
3: There's no game I know, I thought it... really creepy album covers either but he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
4: <laughs> I want I want the Apex twin logo and a shirt
0: Oh I saw a uh, uh, Flying Lotus live wearing a uh, not live on YouTube wearing a Apex twin shirt That's that was awesome. that was that was just a really cool thing I was yeah. going to make that my background That's just an awesome picture it is. Yeah. Was was it the logo, or was it... It was the face?
2: logo, yeah. I want a face. <laughs>
0: oh, I, no, don't, I, I want the... Mask. Mask. No one would ever talk to me again if I wore a shirt with Richard's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, go, go, go out on Halloween with them. Um, <laughs> oh, I wonder if they sell latex apex twin masks, because I will buy the hell out of that. <laughs> That's a
1: really great idea, actually.
0: If not, I have an idea to make millions of dollars, but don't you know what it is. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were talking about Apex Twin, Nicholas. Um, I'm done. Okay. I mean, there's really, like, there's there's not much you can say about that album other than it oh. completely revolutionized everything ever.
4: Not really. It, it's, like, it's, it, 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 it kind of, like, just laid groundwork, and... <laughs> Even though it's not, I think it's it's one of those albums which people give high praise because everyone else gives it high praise. Like nobody's really, nobody's really brave enough to back down to back stand up and say, you know, it's it's not that it's not as great as people say. I think it's just it's a pretty good record, but it's not. It's not. I don't think it's amazing.
0: It was mediocre, but it was mediocre first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say that there are some there are some downright stinkers on that thing. There are some. I would say stinkers. Th- like, but some songs do go
4: for way too long.
0: I'm not a fan of Green Calcs or what whatever it is. Calk, yeah. I'm um, not a
4: fan of, phylum. of what? Head phylum.
0: Oh it's, yeah, I can't. I can't keep those the the straight. last like five tracks. I can't keep them straight. They're all like fake elements or whatever.
1: That, that album does I, the thing with Apex Stone's early stuff in general especially that album though is like I really hate to say it but it really does sound dated um and it's like at the time of course that was like groundbreaking you know like nothing's really no one was really doing stuff like that when he really came out like if you think about the any 85 like who who's messing with something like that in 85 you know but like listening to it now uh and you know, 2012 now, it really just sounds like you know, so like, so dated, really. And and for that reason, I and mean, you're just kind of left like really relying on how strong the chord progressions, melodies are, um, for the most part. And and not all of them click, you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's, true. it's a
4: little bit like how work is dated. It's charmingly dated. Yeah, yeah. I cannot listen. Good... I I
0: literally cannot listen to work. I tried. I can't do it. I, I can't bring myself Sorry. to do it.
1: It took me a while to get into them. I, for a while, I was just really putting off, like, really listening to a full album from them. And um, finally, I just not even that long ago, actually, I listened to Trans Europe Express, and I and I enjoy it. You know, it's one of those things where I was going through like a big, not really a big. It was just a couple days where I was just listening to like a bunch of like early electronic music, and I was listening to like Georgia Moroder, which is I know a lot like
0: entirely electronic, but like, I call that whole like it's like proto house music, I'd say
1: yeah it is that's a good way to put it but that, that's the kind of thing where you do have to be in, in the mood for it but otherwise I mean like it really it really does sound like extremely dated but you gotta respect it though because it's like man who's doing this at this time yeah. you know um
0: what I liked about uh Ambient Works one was that um it is dated and I think it's like I mean compared to you know whatever anything else Apex Twin did after that it's uh minimal and sort of simplistic but it I think like it's sort of like a a cool like demonstration of how electronic music actually works because like you see you you know you listen to that you read about you know certain synthesizers and bass lines and drum machines and you're like, oh wow, that's making that sound because it's attached to this pedal and everything and you, it's actually like when someone some something so minimal like that and not layered like his other stuff you can actually, you know, make a discernible sort of diagram of what is what is making this noise and how he's doing it and everything, which is oh, sort yeah, of a mm-hmm. revelation to me, yeah.
3: Want to hear yeah. a fun fact about uh, 85 to 92? I do. According to AllMusic, the album was recorded onto a cassette tape, and then the dude's cat attacked the cassette tape.
2: <laughs>
4: which is why it sounds kind of <laughs> Sounds like, yeah. It is oh. actually kind of badly recorded. Some of the bass yeah. overwhelms the rest of the track. Some of the bass. Uh,
0: Interesting. Richard Richard D James seems like the most cat person I could possibly imagine. <laughs> like that dude. Besides <laughs> that dude's got some cats. You know what I mean. Um. Uh huh. No, I'm actually looking at my liner notes in the CD now, and it's. There it is, produced by Richard D. James's cat. It's <laughs> there in black. I do not. I do not know how. I never noticed that before. It's weird. Um. Okay. <laughs> hey, enough about AFX Twins' cat. Uh. I'm. I'm. I'm taking this thing over, and I'm saying my second album from 1995, that I was a a big fan of, and that was returning to the topic of uh, of black metal. Uh, Dark Thrones, Panzerfaust. I'm willing to hazard a guess that none of you, uh, have listened that deeply into the black metal it. catalog to have listened to <laughs> it
3: I know they're super important in black metal, but I haven't heard
0: them. Uh, yeah, they, they, they sort of, um, uh, came in towards the, you know, like they are, you know, sort of very, very, uh, a pillar of, you know, the Norwegian black metal scene. And, um, I don't think that, um, Anyone in this band murdered anyone, but uh, they did make some pretty cool music, and um, it's a, like like all uh, black metal, it's lo-fi to, to yeah. most people to the point of being unlistenable, to me to being uh, a tad more enjoyable. Was it uh, attacked by a cat? Uh, <laughs> probably. Maybe a goat. That seems like a black metal. <laughs> Before they sacrificed it.
2: Uh-huh. Um, oh. Hey, looking
0: through the discography, the the yeah. album after this is actually called Goat Lord, so that's the best thing. Um, but it's this, um, it's it's like we were talking about before. It's it's lo fi black metal, but it's not flimsy. It's very full and rich sounding, you know. And um, uh, it's uh, the vocals on it are not like in a lot of black metal, especially the more atmospheric stuff, vocals are, like, sort of, you know, uh, like, part of the atmosphere more atmosphere more than they are part of the, the, the tune itself, but, in this, the vocals are very much on the forefront, and, um, it's not, like, guttural, like, you know, grindcore, and it's not, like, shrieked, like a lot of other, you know, types of extreme metal, but it's, like, more of, sort of, like, a hardcore bark, I would call it, and, um, You would think that would sound like you know just sort of you know skin crawlingly embarrassing to listen to a dude shout over you know sort of indiscernible black metal, but the effect to me is very um, uh, it's a good it's it's good I like it it's good and it's from 1995. Good. This has been Austin babbles about black metal. Jesus Christ! I should just get my own podcast um <laughs> uh okay uh it's your lord alexander go oh are we at me again i think so yeah.
3: oh okay um my last album is from a band called tiger trap have you guys heard of them
0: are they in Pop band alexander
3: they are a tweed, a tweed pop, pop
0: band man. very tweed. Yeah. Of course, and i <laughs> love
3: tweed pop music i know you do is anyone else on board on board the Tweet Train. I, I
0: like Tweet Pop, yes. <laughs> the Tweet Train.
3: All
4: aboard the Tweet Train. Uh-huh. Tweet Tweet. Oh. Someone had to do it. I'm sorry. I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. They're another uh, band named after a song. They're named after the Beat Happening song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, it's kind of self-explanatory. They're a group of uh, all-girl musicians and they make noisy uh, Tweet Pop music. And um, the album is pretty solid. I like it a lot. But I actually like the side project that came uh, from one of the people in the band called Go Sailor. Uh, Have you guys heard of them?
2: That
0: sounds like the tweest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) It's even more
3: twee than uh, Tiger Trap. But yeah, both of them are really solid albums. And if you're into twee music, uh, girly, girly twee music, you will love it.
0: Um, I think Steve uh, had you know, posted a track from it once or twice before. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I I could be wrong, but it was an all girl Tweet Pop band. Uh, there can't be many of those, right?
1: I you know, I'm positive that someone posted Tiger Trap on the forum before. That's how I found out about
0: them. And if but I've never really listened to them. If it's girl pop, it was probably Steve.
2: Um
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of Tweet Pop and speaking specifically of beat happening I cannot listen to them. Just like I I can't stomach it. It it's like amateurish enough and like just lo fi enough to for me to not like it. I'm not a big beat happening fan either.
1: I've never listened to them. I've heard of them but never really explored that whole genre enough to reach
0: to them. But... Um yeah, it's I and I, I appreciate everything that um that uh uh Calvin Kevin Kevin Cal something uh, or other like screw him. Uh but uh <laughs> he
2: uh
0: he started, you know, K Records and um he uh Calvin Johnson, that was it. And not the football player, but um uh he started K Records, which had uh a lot of really, really great bands. And they ha- have any of you ever read um, "Our Band Could Be Your Life"? I've heard so many great things I, about it, but I have not. Yeah, heard I've heard a lot of great things about it. Too, it's actually it's probably it's my favorite music book, which is it's sort of a cliche answer, um, but uh, it, it it it's thirteen bands of like the beginning of indie rock, like Dino Junior. and um, Sonic Youth and Mission of Burma, and you know. Husker do and the replacements, like literally the best bands ever, arguably, and it uh, just has a chapter chronicling each. And one of the last ones was Beat Happening, and uh, like they are very much responsible for bringing like, uh, like a sort of a hyper sort of like poppy edge to, uh, like what is now indie rock, like Mission of Burma. It's it. Say which it's it's indie rock, but it's not at all twee. It's like brutal, and you know, Sonic Youth and everything like that. But you know, like Fugazi, uh, In Maki was one of their biggest fans. And uh, yes, that's all I have to say. Um, (laughs) I don't know much of this. This
3: might be incorrect, but were uh, beat happening one of those bands where they self-admitted that they really didn't know how to play their instruments or?
0: They self-admitted it, and they admitted it on their records. <laughs> <laughs> they, the Nation uh, of
3: Ulysses is a band that they say we don't really know how to play our instruments, but I love them. Uh,
0: yeah, it's it's not so lovable with beat happening, in my opinion, because yeah. they, they would literally they had a guitar and they had uh, some dude who would just you know uh, they maybe had a bass player or maybe just did like tambourine or slide something whistle like or, or slide whistle or something like that, but. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and then they had a, a drummer who I believe they literally did just start with a pair of shakers and uh, just worked it up from there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very aggressively twee, and I can't in good conscience recommend it to anyone despite how influential and critically acclaimed it may be. I'm taking over everything you people say. You have to stop me. I'm going back to have <laughs> power. You're very knowledgeable. Uh, I this isn't gonna get me into college.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Christ, continue please. Next, Danny, next I guess up. you're out. Yeah.
1: Is it me? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um
1: so I'm gonna do this a little differently because you know, there are a few I could talk about. You know, I know, obviously, 36 Chambers came out this year. I know Sue blocky did. But I'm going to talk about one I haven't heard yet that I'm really looking forward to listening to that I think some of you have listened to
2: mm.
1: so I can hear your opinions on it. But the album... Transient Random Noise Bursts with uh, Announcements by stereo. To...
0: Because You best believe yes, I've listened
3: to that. So I haven't heard it either, but it's in my definitely, spot. In definitely.
1: Because I'm really getting into that band a lot recently. Because they're finally... I'm working my way systematically through the discography. So I haven't reached that one yet, but that's next on my list. So I'm really curious to see what you guys think of it.
0: In my opinion, you, you probably could have skipped Pang because Pang is not exactly, you know... It's not, it's not a one, running yeah, achievement, yeah. Yeah, no. It's got few few oh.
4: Um,
0: But, yeah, Transient Random Noise Burst is absolutely fantastic.
4: Definitely not. Yeah. I don't think it's their best, like some yeah. people say. But it's definitely... The, um, I was going to say it's the best of their noisy guitar period, but I like Mars Audio Quintet better
0: than Transient random noise mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's still well, good it's very good would we all agree that either Dots and Loops or uh, Tomato Ketchup is their best I would say Dots and Loops Dots and Loops is so good I've only heard well you tomato
1: know ketchup. the thing is I think I haven't heard all of, all of them yet obviously so I'm really not in a good position to pick my favorite mm-hmm. but what I'm noticing so far about the discography is I feel like when they started out I mean I haven't heard Pang yet, but that was the noisier guitar stuff, right?
0: Wait, was was mm-hmm. Pang not before Transient Random noise <laughs> um, person? Pang was the year before.
1: Um. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Uh, Give <laughs> like us five minutes and then No, I can't.
2: You just walk away. right I need to use it? I need to
1: get on a phone. <laughs> yeah, one, one Okay. Actually, I have to go right now. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately. hold on a second. Right in the middle of.
4: I will
0: see you guys later. Okay. Uh, oh, we can just <laughs> sign it goodbye, in. Danny. Yeah. See ya, man. See ya. And that is what we in the business call an edit point. And, 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 and we're back. Um, we're
5: back.
0: I should explain some of the technical difficulties that just happened, because I, I can't... There's no way I can edit this to where it doesn't sound weird. Yeah,
2: but um our
0: off. our our cohort Danny had to um had to leave suddenly and um could no longer continue podcasting. However, our um our forgetful cohort, Simon, um remembered uh all 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 too late that we were recording a podcast and uh he's decided to uh, to uh grace us hour,
2: with grace us light.
0: with his beautiful presence um and uh so we've we've lost a Danny but gained a Simon, as the uh saying goes.
2: So I, think I have
5: a, a seemingly valid excuse. I just bought an amp. Ooh. Yeah, ooh a really, nine. really
0: big one. Oh. I'm not, it's really
5: a, I'm not a big guitarist, uh-huh. dude, but it's like a hundred and fifty watt line six. It's ooh. massive.
0: Uh I I'm I'm rocking my uh my line six Spider Three practice amp. It's uh that's pretty good. But uh, I haven't played guitar in a while. I'm... I have a
3: really cheap uh, sunlight acoustic, and that's basically it.
0: Mm, that's just adorable. It sounded cute when you played it before. Can you maybe get... No, that was a
3: different one. That's a oh. uh, ukulele guitar from Mexico that's horribly out of tune.
0: I also I, I have a ukulele that I bought for $18. It stayed in tune for all of a week, and now it literally can't <laughs> play in tune. So what I do is I do that Lou Reed ostrich type tuning where I'll just tune it to all the same note. Which, yeah, or, or whatever. And um and it's usually like E point seven five or something. And um, <laughs> uh, I'll just do weird little drony things on there. It's fun, but uh, it's it's not at all musical. Uh, anyway, this has been ukulele talk with um everyone. Uh I guess we're back we were talking about um uh Stereolab, but the fella who was talking about Stereolab was uh was taken in the night and now he's no longer here. Uh, I like Stereolab. <laughs> I I don't know
5: if I can really fill in there. I haven't heard a hell of a Stereo Lab. Oh. I don't really have much of an opinion there.
0: Uh, I think Stereolab is it's one of those bands like like um uh Dismemberment Plan and Sunset Rub Down where you can't believe that just like normal humans are making music that this it's that, you know, sort of refined and awesome. Yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. Um I'm I'm a terrible stand in for Danny.
0: No. tell us about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nick, what would you say? We were talking about what our favorite uh, Stereo Lab album. I w- I'm a dots and loops man through and through.
4: Dots and so. loops, dots and loops, dots and loops is my one of my top five favorite albums of all time. So
0: I, I, I would venture to say that is one of mine too. Yeah. And I actually, if careful ears will realize, that I uh, actually posted a, a Dots and Loop track at, as the outro music for... Rainbow
4: Conversation.
0: Rainbow oh, Conversation track. as the outro music for last couple days' podcasts. Not a week ago, but uh, yeah, it was Rainbow Conversation, uh, a Stone Cold classic. My personal favorite from that album is... um uh, Let me... Uh, it is uh, Flower Called Nowhere, which is that one that's after Miss Modular. Yep. Yeah, what about
4: um, f- f- uh, If if I had to choose um, either Diagonals or Prisoner of Mars. It I there's
0: there's literally not a bad song on that album, including the, the seventeen minute one.
4: Oh that that's one of my favourites, but the if I had to have a gripe, it would be um the last song how it's kinda of split into two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it really works as a closer, but that's about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Maybe uh, yeah, if it was just the first half.
0: What about, what about you, Alex? Have you ever listened to Stereolab?
3: I've only listened to Tomato Ketchup, which is. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised that you guys say that it's not their best because.
0: Uh, uh,
3: maybe it's just best. the entry point. Really,
0: it's that stuff was more orient. Mm. Okay, so Stereolab, they're based on that sort of retro feel. Like, you know, their album covers and everything, it's like that sort of 60s space-age vibe. It's
5: very reminiscent of Kraftwerk to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, which is especially true, with I think, with um, Emperor Tomato Ketchup. Or maybe not Kraftwerk, but a lot of sort of Krautrock, which is sort of the central thesis of what Tomato Ketchup was. I think Dots and Loops was like the French pop and the Serge Gainsbourg-type aspect, which, you know, I love... Sterilab was like the reason why I started listening to '60s music like that, like, you know, like space age pop and uh, and uh, exotica and stuff like that. You know, like orchestrated bachelor pop. And I mean, like even they say space age bachelor pad music, which is
2: <laughs> like that's
0: become a huge like part of my musical diet over the past you know couple years.
3: Are you a big There's- fan of Spiritualized? They have a new album out this year, I believe. Ooh, really?
0: I've never heard of Spiritualized. Who, who, and who, and oh, you they? haven't. Um,
3: um, they were were they post spaceman Three project or was that? Oh yes, I did. Was it's that
0: Okay. Um, uh, Spaceman Three. I, is it a side project of Spaceman Three? Uh,
3: I'm. I might be confusing it with some other band. Hmm.
0: Um, I think I may know who you're talking about.
3: Their big album was Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I know them, yes.
3: Yeah. Apparently they have a new album out this year, but the the guy who wrote it, um, he released a leak out to the reviewers last year, but he's completely re-edited it. So now that uh, the new album out this year is apparently completely different, Huh. which is kind of weird, but interesting. I
0: have yeah. fact-checked. It is indeed Spaceman 3. Okay, I was... Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're pretty good, too. Spacey, big, orchestrated rock music.
0: Right. Um, okay, I've, I've grown to know better than to keep talking about Space Age Bachelor Pad music mm-hmm. because I can literally talk for hours about it. But um, mm-hmm. I think...
5: That's kind of the wall we seem to be hitting with every episode is that we hit one genre
0: where you just <laughs> want to keep going on and on. Yeah. And then I you know. realize halfway through, I should probably stop talking about this now. It's It's... I'm going to call it a quirk, but it's more of a personality flaw. (laughs) Um, uh, Quirk's a nice way of saying it. Yeah.
4: Third favorite album from 92?
0: Sure.
4: Um, They Might Be Giants Apollo 18.
0: (gasps) Gasp, yes.
4: I love... It's it's my favorite They Might Be Giants album. I totally agree. I'm a They Might Be Giants fan. Uh, Um,
0: Me too. My signed copy of the Pink album is actually sitting right next to me.
4: Oh, <laughs> no! I don't feel such like like a big fan anymore. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I
0: like them. Uh, good. They're uh, fantastic. They're fantastic. They're one of those bands that like um. One of I I guess I was like thirteen. And it was one of my first forays into like you know like quote alternative rock, and like sort of a really sort of quirky weird band. And no one really matches what they might be giants do. Like just. Just like culturally, because it's so weird. It's not even like experimental, it's just very weird.
4: The, the funny thing is, i gotten into stuff like Ortega, Square Pusher, and IDM and stuff like that before I got into <laughs> The Happy Giants, which is much more easy yeah. to get into. I
0: uh-huh. just find that <laughs> fun.
4: Yeah, anyway,
0: I think yeah, my um, favorite TMBG song, which is on Apollo 18, I think is Mammal. Um, oh, that's, a, that's, that,
4: that's a beautiful. One. Um, yeah. My favourite, let me just... I'm still on my stereo lab. Um,
5: yeah, I'm scouring through got... my iTunes. I couldn't find a single album that came out in 1992 that I liked.
4: Uh, they were nice all like 92. 90, 94. Yeah, um, ninety three had a huge amount of great albums. Yeah. Um, Statue Got Me High is my favourite from um, Apollo 18
0: hmm Isn't, uh, I palindrome Eye" on that one as well?
4: Yeah, yeah. That was a single.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. The, it's really hard to talk about They Might Be Giants. Because, like, there's no way you can really explain to someone who doesn't know what exactly it is they do. I'm in that camp. I was hoping you guys could explain. Yeah, Yeah, it's, I
3: honestly haven't heard much of them.
0: It's, like, quirky... Comedy pop, kind of, but not really. I wouldn't say. people are
4: always so quick to call them almost comedy, but I. Yeah, well, no, I
2: think
0: think it's it's just like the things that they discuss are like so just central to. They might be giants, like I. I literally can't can't explain them to anyone. You have to sort of listen to their discography to, you know, realize um, what it is they're trying to get through to you.
4: Their first few albums, at least, um, I think it was Pitchfork. He said, "In, a, in a, um, because Lincoln made their top albums of the '80s, and they called it um, punk music when coming from the brain instead of um, the fist."
0: Yeah, uh,
4: which which is a good, which is it's it's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it because it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, sonically, is it punky?
0: Not really. No, it's it's, like, <laughs> it's so versatile. Like, there's. There's no way to... Like, some of it's new wavy. Like, you could say it was, like, new wave. Yeah. And, um... But, like, they do... They just, like, do, like, techno music occasionally. Or, like, electronic music. And mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. they'll do, like, just sort of horn, like... Uh... Punky... It, it's... Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, they,
4: they, they, they do have fours into punk, but, um... seems to just mostly be around, kind of like... It was like indie rock before people called it indie rock. Quirky indie rock.
0: Yeah. And uh like uh the occasional sort of like piano ballad and stuff like that. Yeah. Just her, sort of, it's like, just, I don't think it's like generic rock instrumentation writing very, very non-generic songs.
4: Yeah.
0: You should listen to They Might Be Giants is the, the central point of is it. Is Apollo
3: 18 a good album to start out with?
0: Uh, I'd say that with Lincoln. Lincoln? I mean, Flood is just generally what most people... I think it's got the catchiest songs, you know. uh,
4: I think Lincoln is more consistent. Flood kind of falls out at the end for me. Mm -hmm. The last half, especially, like... What do you got? You got Letterboxd, Women and Man.
0: Ew. Yeah, I'm not a fan. children's music album? They did a couple, and they won Grammys for Uh, it. Yeah, oh just, wow! They, they they still put them out, yeah. The the bummer is like when you go to see them, even if it's an adult show, they're gonna play some of the kids' music for you. <laughs> is it good kids' music? <laughs> it's for kids' music, yeah. It's, it's for really kids' good. music, it's av- it's the best kids' music ever made, but it's, but <laughs> it's not that good. Yeah. Oh. No. Okay. This
4: is yeah. Just just stick with their first five albums. People always say stick with the first four, but I think John Henry is a great album. John Henry is
0: fantastic, yeah.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. I think, Simon, Simon, you can do a couple in a row since you've been gone for a while.
5: Oh, yeah, I'm just scanning through this list that you sent me, and the first one that comes to mind is Kaius' Blues for the Red Sun.
0: a big Stoner Rock fan. That's a great album. Mm, uh, You guys familiar with Kaius? Oh, yeah, I'm a big Kaius fan. Uh, Can you... I've... I've heard this debate other places, but can you explain to me the difference between stoner rock and stoner metal?
5: I don't think it's kind of arbitrary, the difference, really, I guess. Uh, I would consider, to to give you an example of each, I would think Caius would be stoner rock, and Isis would be considered stoner metal. Right. That's just because it has more heavier tendencies. It is more metal overall. I guess it's a bit lower in... Um, you know, the, the all the extra instrumentation other than the guitars, which makes it, you know, whatever the stoner label is. Right. Other stuff is either more rock or more metal. That's so, the way I always brought it down to.
0: From, like, what I've, what little I've listened I've listened to a lot of stoner metal, not so much, you know, plain old stoner rock, but it's like, it, would you say it's just, like, heavy? Like, that's its defining yeah. trait that defines it's, it as it's, stoner?
5: It's heavy rock, really, yeah. Well, Caius's big thing was—I think they play all their guitars through bass amps, so it's really low and distorted and bass
0: distortion pedals too. Yeah,
5: yeah. I think that's, that's pretty much it. Really, there's not really a hell of a lot to it. Yeah, just really riff riff heavy, um, and low. Very I think low. it's
0: it's literally impossible to review like a, a like a doom metal album or a stoner metal album. Because there's literally nothing to say. Like, it's heavy, it's riffy, it's. Yeah. Thunder metal, yeah.
5: So, uh, the more and more I think about, um, you know, Meshuga with their new album coming out, I'm just thinking, like, before I heard the new track, I was a little bit concerned that they might somehow screw it up. You know, mm-hmm. pre album jitters, you just think that they, you know, something's going to go wrong. It has to go wrong. Right. But then I thought about it, and Meshuggah doesn't really. They have their Meshuggah sound, mm-hmm. and they don't really. Um, Straight from that, a hell of a lot. All their releases, no matter, there aren't really that many differences between the albums. They all end up sounding just like a Meshuggah album,
2: mm-hmm.
5: which is okay, I guess, because Meshuggah just sounds like Meshuggah. But
0: I saw or that any other bands might not work. Yeah, I saw that Meshuggah album as I was going through Rate Your Music today, and it has some literally, no offense, the worst album art I've ever seen. Oh, I that's terrible! Album art. Is yeah. that
5: uh, which one were you looking at?
0: The new one, the one's coming out in March.
5: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty terrible. Uh,
0: all right, all right. So going through, you know, I was just searching through my um, my birth year 1995 for albums, and there was a lot of power metal that yeah. came out in 1995. And power metal is not good. It's like... Uh, Radio music loves it. Yeah, the, there's so much of a... There's right. a there's a metal. weird
5: like power metal and prog metal defense force on the internet.
0: Yeah, it just because it's so obsessively defended and it's it's like it's listened to by people who are obsessive about things and go on the internet yeah. and talk about things. Uh and cuz like, you know, some of the my point was that some of the album artwork for uh the power metal albums is literally, like, it's it's like that movie Heavy Metal, you know? It's like, like, sickening <laughs> the 80s. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I it's, it's, it's like a whole genre based that.
5: around Heavy Metal magazine. Uh-huh. And, and that's hate- really
0: what, like, the dude who plays D&D and listens to metal, that's what, like, all that is yeah. specifically for him.
5: Using Dragon Force to set the tone of their D&D game.
0: yeah. I love good album. albums with
3: terrible album art. That makes me so upset. Uh, the,
5: the the first one that comes to mind is Twin Shadow, Forget. That is the worst album art ever. It's just That's muddy brown and disgusting. But that album is so good.
0: Uh, I'd like to... Uh, uh, like, good albums with... Um, number two for 1995 also was Liquid Swords. And, you know, I, I know that the Wu-Tang is trying to, you know display sort of a, yeah, an aesthetic, like a kung fu type thing, but so much um, of those Wu-Tang collab things um, are... <laughs> their, their their album art is hard to listen to. It's I just think, very very close-up shots of all their faces. Yeah, I think metal and hip-hop have the worst album arts in general. Oh, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I, th- I thought the Liquid
3: Swords cover was awesome. I, I mean, that was,
5: you got the Beans um, in 1995.
0: Uh... Mm. I, I don't care about the bends. Don't kill me. <laughs> I've, I've got
5: it's, it seems to be one so of those fun. things where a lot of people, when it comes to Radiohead, it's it's just okay. Computer and beyond, anything before then, they just don't give a shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and uh, well, sorry humanity, because we screwed it up again. And <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> all right, so Danny is back. And um, we rescued him we, we, yeah he's back we paid the ransom and um, he only lost one finger so there's that and, consider uh, that a win yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah um, we figured we'd just wrap it up because uh, god knows you're getting tired of this uh, you the listener front um,
5: <laughs> uh, for another half hour rant about video games
0: I could talk about N sixty four emulators till the cows come home, sir.
5: Oh uh, Wind Wake is so good. I'm so glad I started playing that game. Wait, right, no, when no, no.
0: Just, oh no we can't do this. We have to wrap this up. <laughs> we have to okay. save this for the segment after where we don't record it. Where we don't
5: record it and then regret not recording it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um it's a tradition. Okay. Um Alright, so not all right. for you, listener. Not for you. All right. All right. To wrap this up, I'm going to say let's just go down the list of our birth year and just list off any albums that you think you know. Not talk about them, just list them off that you think would make a satisfactory inclusion on your list of good albums for the year you were born. I'm going to you know start from the top and work my way down. Liquid Swords and um, Only Built for Cuban Links and uh, Big L. Lifestyle's of the Poor and Dangerous and the Chrono Trigger soundtrack and Guided by Voices Alien Lanes which is one of my one of the Guided by Voices albums I can stand the most let's just say that
3: okay uh, I will go next from the year 93 we have uh, Enter the 36 Chambers Siamese Dream In Utero um, uh, Bjork's debut Yola Tango's uh, Painful which they're an incredibly consistent band and Painful is another good record
0: that's one of my favorite yola Tango
3: albums. Um, uh, PJ Harvey's debut, which is pretty good, too. And I believe that's it.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. Danny, I guess you can go.
1: Okay. Um, obviously, Yolo Um I do like that Smashing Pumpkins album. I do like In Utero. Uh, the Slow Dive album, you give that a more... Deep listen, but I think that would make my list. Uh, Midnight Marauders, the Tripod Quest album. Of course. Um, I haven't listened to this band in many years, but
0: it's I know they're really it?
1: influential. No, actually, I was going to list that one too. Probably, but uh, I was going to say the band Death. Um, oh yes, I, they're like probably the only death metal band I was ever into. But they're, I think there's, I do still think they're really good. Death um,
0: is pretty um, cool. Death is. Okay, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to cut myself off immediately after saying it. And if I don't, you people have to, you know, dart me or something. But all right. So there's, <laughs> there's two bands. There's two bands called Death. One is the 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 aforementioned awesome Death. Yeah. Band. The other is the Detroit mid '70s uh, proto-punk band who was. Uh, oh, I've I heard of them. Yeah, three. I've uh, heard of them too. Three black factory workers from Detroit who started this just this rock band. It was intentionally supposed to be like this. R&B type band, but it ended up being this crazy, insane, psychedelic punk band, and they released <laughs> a compilation of all the tracks they recorded That's on right, Third Man yeah. Records, I think. Uh, it's called For the Whole World to See, and um, it's on Third Man Records with Jack White's record label. I'm done. Continue.
5: <laughs> that just reminded me, are you guys aware that there not. are two Iron Maidens?
0: No way, really?
5: Oh. There are two Iron Maidens. I, There's one in like the 60s, that. it's like the worst, like, folk rock band ever it's terrible
2: <laughs> like, you should okay.
5: definitely seek out the album just so you can listen to it and laugh it's so That's bad okay uh, yeah, like, yeah, they I it's like this really upbeat like psychedelic rock but with all these like dark occult themes and stuff to it it just sounds ridiculous
0: that sounds like it was made <laughs> for me
5: gonna... oh it's, it's so really funny
0: uh, I, there's there's so much. Happened, if you go through rate right, your music, there's just so much like pretentious sixties British folk rock. It's it's just like in just bulk amounts. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
2: all right,
0: all right. Tangents, tangents everywhere. All right, Danny. All right, all right. continue. Or continue. I guess maybe Nick now.
1: All right. I, I have a few more, but I'll be done. Okay. Soon. Yeah. Do you know, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. um I have yet to listen to Bjork's debut, but I know I'm going to dig it. Um, that stereo Lab album that we were talking about early before I got kidnapped. Um, PJ Harvey's album is pretty good. Um, never listened to that Flaming Lips album in full, but a few tracks from it. I have a love hate relationship with them, but it's all I really see. OddSec really got a good album that year. Um, I haven't listened to Primus in years. I can't really get into them anymore, but me they were really huge. Yeah, they were really huge in my musical trajectory. So I, I think
0: we've we talk talked about this. Me and I Danny. a lot are, of people say that. Me and Danny are pretty much the same person, and um, yeah. I think like we were 13 <laughs> different times, but we were both 13, and we're like, whoa, Primus, this is like yeah. the end all of music, and then yeah. we grew to be ashamed of it later. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's
0: a true. I'm looking I at mean, my list right now, probably... and there is
5: another band that I would feel exactly the same way about.
0: What's rage that? Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, oh, I I do have a a <laughs> that first album. The, the timeless all all-star rage. Sure. Yeah.
5: Like it's it's nostalgic. I haven't really gone back, but I still own them, and I don't really want to get
0: rid of them. I can I can I can put on a rage track and just have a nice chuckle at it. It was like, oh, I used to believe in everything it's... you said. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, man. <laughs>
3: I think it's hilarious that "Killing in the Name" of got radio play when most of the song has to get bleeped, has to get bleeped out. The name is strictly Fuck You." I know it's just silence. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was in Guitar Hero too. Yeah, oh that's right.
5: That was
1: pretty
5: funny. What else have I got? in my, yeah. it was there's that radio album: REM, "Automatic for the People," Pavement, "Slanted and Enchanted," Elton John, yes. "Dirt," uh, Tom Waits, "Bone Machine," Ooh, Selected uh, Ambient, ambient Works. Second
0: um, best. Um,
5: eight, yeah. Angel Dust? Faith No More?
0: Nymph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, Faith No More is in that same category. Little Mike Patton. I yeah. actually see Mike More quite a bit. Mike Patton's a cool dude. Did you know the Mike, yeah. Mike, Patton, really cool. Mike Patton Mike uh, Patton did the voices for the monsters for in yes. I Am like... <laughs>
5: yeah, I? I swear to God happen. that's
0: true. He was the voices was of the, the
5: zombies in Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 as well.
0: Yeah. And the voice mm-hmm.
5: of the darkness in the game The Darkness.
0: Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Like and it. the
5: Angusphere at the end of Portal 1 is also him. Because it's just, it's just, like, besides from the Left 4 Dead sessions. Oh, wow. Been streaming. <laughs> huh. He's actually been around. Mike Patton is not a shy man. No. Yeah, he's not. I <laughs> promise. Uh,
1: He's got some cool projects, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. Faith and the Moor, you know, they're, 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 you know. I I actually really like Tom Hock. Yeah, Tom Tom Hulk's cool. Tom Hulk's interesting. That's the one with uh, John's, the the Battles drummer in it, right?
0: No, it's the guy uh, from the Melvins and from Helmet, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. No, it's Jesus Uh, Lizard, isn't it? uh, It, uh, Jesus Lizard is somewhere in there.
1: I'm not
0: thinking of the wrong uh, band. Oh yeah, uh, the eating and Phantomas. Yeah, Phantomist maybe had some. Yeah, they, it's
5: got Dave Lombardo in it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. Dude's yeah. been in so many bands. Yeah.
5: Yeah,
0: he really, really has. Uh, he was in. Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell the story. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that would have gone on for hours. <laughs> Yeah, back I thought we were gonna some... wrap
5: this up like ten minutes
2: ago. <laughs> yeah, I Nick, know. Do you want to list off <laughs> your yeah. okay, Nick? Just list off okay, some
4: Okay, topics. okay, okay, okay. Um, ninety two had one more album that I'm kind of into. Um, the is it where is it where is it where is it, where is it? um, uh, Wayne Pure Guava. Uh, I'm I, 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 they're all right.
0: Yeah. I. What's talking
2: about
0: here? All right, ween. All right, ween? so ween. we oh, weed. <laughs> Here's ween. how I feel about Ween. I, mean. I feel sorry, sorry. Ween to me <sighs> is like is like they plus might the be giants plus Primus, because yeah yeah it's like it's That's the same look. sort of very sort of like <laughs> I don't want to say not real songs but not real songs that they might be giants has like you know they're not that serious and sort of. Yeah. Uh like,
5: yeah, she, Wien is definitely their way. Yeah. But they 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 you know, they don't care. That's what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah. The I just can never dig it. Stupid. I I listened to the pod. The pod was pretty cool. And uh yeah, I liked a couple tracks from them.
3: Going back to ugly albums So uh, mm-hmm. Chocolate, and, Chocolate and Cheese has one of the ugliest album arts of all time.
0: Speak <laughs> <great> for yourself. <laughs> it is you know, tidious. that
2: was... What that was pay? like
1: the second album of the week we ever had on the forum. I know, like,
0: yeah. it's and like it like got wonder almost Boob. nothing but bad feelings. <laughs> Even though I didn't want that album. Yeah.
2: But,
0: you know, I thought it's, there was
2: some cool boobs idea, on it, though.
0: though. You can't hate <laughs> an album with boobs on it. No, that's that's, that's, that's actually a, a law of nature. <laughs> it's, it's a fact. Yeah. It's
5: a fact. Indisputable.
0: hmm. Alright, so there's that then. Alright, continue. <laughs> that's it. Okay, Simon, we got to wrap this up. You're up, son.
4: Oh, I'm up.
5: Am I? Oh god, I just closed the tab. Shit.
0: No oh, god. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, it's back. <gasps> the magic of shortcuts. Where did I get to? I can't remember where I was. Yeah, what did I cover? I got down to Caius. That's about it. Okay, oh, there's a Wasp album that came out this year. That's that's interesting.
0: Wait, like '80s hair metal band Wasp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh! All righty yeah. <laughs> that sounds Also, terrible. Dream,
5: dream Theater images and words. Shout oh, out! Oh man, <laughs> exciting.
1: You know, I, I got to have embarrassing. Yeah, that's that's my probably my most embarrassing confession is I used to be into them. Oh, man, I, used to, I totally used to love Dream Theater.
0: Gee Danny. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I was this huge was huge years ago. Yeah, I was You're so huge. You played. well, you played a seven-string bass in a prog metal band.
1: I played a six-string bass.
0: You, um, that, ma- that made me ill just saying that. I'm
1: so, I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I make myself just, ill. Thank
5: you go and I you day. die. <laughs> I, I have a small confession to make. I just spent the last five hours playing Metalcore.
1: That's better than Dream Eater, man.
5: I had a, a friend who's... They really well. A mutual friend who was really, really big into that. It was also the guy who just bought the amp off. And hmm. So I thought, why the hell not? I haven't had anyone to play drums with in a while, so that was fun enough. Yeah. Oh, and a Neurosis album came out this year, Souls at Zero. I have not heard that one, but it's Neurosis.
0: No, no, by emotions I had no idea you were. I, I don't know why I called you that. Your name's Simon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. I don't, no, that's, that's much, good. Fine. I don't spend too much time on the internet, um, <laughs> Keep, like, uh, I, I You are a sneaky metal. I never knew you had so many um, uh, televisions. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Like it's
5: it's more because I listened to it a lot in high school, and that's what a lot of people down here tend to listen to.
2: Yeah.
0: So
5: I, I get into it by proxy, but most of like the, the really, really mainstream stuff I hate. I can't stand no, yeah, yeah. Slipknot, Disturbed, Avenged oh, Sevenfold. hear yeah, that cheesy, awful oh,
3: shit. Aven- Avenged Sevenfold come from my hometown. Oh, I, they I went to my high school. upsets you and it, they, everybody <laughs> loves them here. Um, oh, god! This, uh, Wait, which
1: which town is that?
3: Or Huntington see. Beach.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> The uh uh the the like the super metalheads like uh, there are a couple down here there aren't many because most are into that sort of uh, Slipknot Avenged Sevenfold type deal but the true metalheads who are like you know the record collectors and the you know the metal historians and everything I have a huge amount of respect for those people
5: oh yeah because they like, know what and, they're talking about
0: yeah and um uh like uh there's this one I was invited to play with this band. And it went really bad, except for the drum, uh, the two dudes, uh, the two guitarists I was playing bass were just the, 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 sort of, you know, complete thesis of, you know, just like, uh, classic rock high school meathead who thinks he can play guitar real well. And <laughs> he, he wasn't, but the drummer, I, I mean, he, he wasn't that good of a drummer, but he, uh, was this huge metalhead, like, to the point where, like, he had a library full of books about death metal. And <laughs> it's like, someone so devoted to that. I have, a, I have a huge amount of respect to people like that. And we, we talked about the Melvins and talked about Noise Rock. It was... Dude knew his stuff, and I can appreciate yeah, that. with
5: guys like that, you it's actually... I find it really easy to get along with guys like that, even if most of the time we don't really share that much taste in common. Mm-hmm. But they're knowledgeable enough, and they know what they're talking about enough. Like, they're... They're passionate in the same way that we would consider ourselves to be passionate, just passionate about something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely, think, yeah. Do you think there are any new metal historians out there? That would be hilarious oh. to come across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh,
0: remember when I the, the every Linkin Park record. Came out? Give, give it 20 years and <laughs> then then yeah. kill yourself, because that
2: would...
0: Uh, <laughs> so I had a big fight with
5: someone on Facebook about a week ago about this. Posted something about how new metal's awful and like eighties metal's like the best music ever and you we know, got really sweet. like it was some dumb picture they had about oh you know back then we had like awesome riffs and it was all manly and they had powerful <laughs> lyrics
2: yeah <laughs> I yeah,
0: I, yeah I and just, now and now they're all like half girls. This is a story I have to tell. It's very short. All right, so I was at a rest stop in Virginia, and um. I was uh, walking out of the bathroom, and I saw this redneck, this, this redneck guy and his, his dumb redneck son walking in. And um, uh, I heard him say, uh, well, you know, Van Halen wasn't all about the solos. They had some pretty deep lyrics, too. And I just <laughs> laughed my ass off at this guy. And, uh,
2: Good for uh, you. Good it, for that,
0: you. <laughs> I mentioned it before, that is what makes the universe beautiful, that things like that happen.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, I think that that's probably a good place that's to end this episode. Yeah, up, yeah that
2: that's a good place to go And yep. with it's that. Wonderful. Okay,
0: yeah. I think this is actually a really good episode. Yeah, it is. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well, yeah.
5: let's. let's... Start from we're,
0: mm-hmm. we're really cutting down on the dead air, it seems. It's good. Mm-hmm. Most of that is filled <laughs> by my doddering, but still, you know, there's no dead air. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so. Uh, from all of us here at Your Personal Opinion is Wrong, we wish you the warmest of uh, regards, and we now bid you adieu from me, Austin, Alexander. Bye Danny. Yeah. Nick. Goodbye. And that lazy ass Simon who decided to show up an hour late. Oh,
5: um, <sighs> alright, fine.
0: You, get, you don't have a to say goodbye. And we we are
5: are out. I am one of very few souls you'd really like to know. Now that you tell us that
2: your friendly knight is here, I shall tell my friends that tonight you're very near. Yes, I'm gonna tell those who are near.
5: Mr. Moon, there you arrived. My friends are all asleep, and so so I sit upon a
2: hill so very far away. Moon, I I can't recall
5: can't recall recall when your light has been so free. I guess if you see see this
2: smile, smile. that is, 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 if you can really see Yes, I wonder what the moons be Moon, that you're oh, suddenly, to visit end. But since it's time to leave my bed, it can just be I'll
5: we'll see you later. Talking and sing t But t I t t t t t
2: t t t So just, just imagine, imagine it all <laughs> <laughs> I so hard, you know. It's all there. I how to make it sound. Is better? Judge i not to do it, you The flock of This is for itself.